Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the rule of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. <sighs> How's it going, Cody? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. I'm feeling... Okay, feeling you know for good. the last like four episodes, you said exactly, it's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Last four episodes. You know, I'm just going to say no one would Might notice not unless you bring it Four up. episodes in a row, but I just remember recently, it's going pretty good. Going pretty good. It's like... Really? Is that is that truly how things are going, Cody? You're going all right. You're pretty good. Pretty oh, good. I'm going all right. Yeah. I'm okay. Cool. Do you have any other uh, Do you have any other observations while we're recording that you want to bring up while we're recording? Um, the fact that you think you do a decent amount of work for the show. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to point out that I spent at least uh, one hour today writing my world, so uh, it's a lot of work. You spent You spent an hour doing work. I'm I did, I did. Know. It was pretty hard. I nearly yeah, gave up. Sounds right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. That's just Oh, sounds like you had an impossible trial to get through. Anyways, instead of just like going on this route of just me being disappointed at you, what have you been enjoying recently? Okay, check this out. I started the next oh, Dark God. Tower book, which is Dark Tower 4. The Wizard and the Glasses, or the Glassy Wizard or Wizard's Glasses. I don't okay. really remember. I, I, we I need think to get it's the, the glass planes. And the wizard stuff. Anyways, it's like Roland's backstory. Wizard in so glass. You were like hitting so close to it, but so wrong. So anyways, Dark Tower, book five, wizard glasses. Uh, the story <laughs> is we learn all of Roland's backstory, which is really great because it had a really strong forward moving narrative. And it's great to put the brakes on, rewind and tell a story that we've already basically gotten through inference. Um. So that's great, but it, it's okay because I know it has a sad ending, so that's really going to make the book easy to listen to. I definitely can tell that there's no sarcasm in anything you just said, and you were 100% serious about the whole entire statement. Yep, whole thing, totally serious, yep. but I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about The Dark Tower right now. It's the book that turned me off Stephen King the first time around, so... Yeah, and I remember, like, earlier in the year when you said you were excited to get back to the Dark Tower, and I was saying that Stephen King's not the greatest, and then you're like, oh, no, I'm liking it this time, and now you're back where we started. Well, this is the book that did it. You know what I mean? So, like, if this... Oh, this is the exact, like, number four is the one that did it? Yeah, I am now, like, a chapter further than I got in middle... In high school, I think it was. Uh, Dude, you can beat your past self. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I just yeah, don't know. Use if it's a time worth machine it. and beat the crap out of yourself with a hammer. Anyways, nah. <laughs> but yeah, that, Sorry, that's I, that's it. I didn't get I, I didn't get much sleep honestly, so I'm gonna be a little like looped, looping. No, that's that's looper. great. It makes me look a lot better when you lash out at me irrationally and that I'm calm and collected. It makes you look yeah, like so, the emotionally okay. crazy. So, one. did you ever watch the um, Dark Tower movie? No, see, part of it, okay, check it out. Part of the reason that I am coming back to this is because I like Idris Elba, and I want to see oh, yeah, that movie. Yeah. So, I want to go I'm back and- I'm going to say it's probably not like the books. Well, so my di- so here's here's the whole thing, right? I like Idris Elba. I want to see the Dark Tower movie. My dad, kind of the same thing, he went and listened to all of the Dark Tower books on Audible, which is how I can listen to all Isn't of them. Isn't that like 100 or like 200 hours a book? It's a bajillion hours, but he drives back and forth to Chicago every day, so he has two hours oh. a day to listen to audiobooks, if not more. Oh. Um, so he listened to all of them, he really liked them, then he watched the movie and was like, well, this is not good. Um, but uh, it's got actors that I like in it, like Matthew McConaughey's in it. I like Matthew McConaughey until he started trying to sell bourbon. The power Um, of love. What did he ever say that in something? Yeah, Interstellar. We've talked about this. Oh gosh, where he goes on the long like thing about the power of love, and that's that's why he was in the other dimension because he loved his daughter so much. Spoiler alert: I'm so sorry, but that Interstellar good movie. That ending, boo. I was gonna say, (laughs) but yeah. So I want to see the movie. Which is kind of why I'm like listening to the whole book series because I don't want to like, because I think the movie just starts out and they're like at the dark tower having a gunfight, so I can't I really mean, like. It doesn't start out like that. But you you know what I mean though, and they're like jumping back and forth to New York, and that doesn't happen in the books, and it's like there's stuff that's not right, and I'm just like, nah, I I want to like know what it is before I do that. I don't want it to be like but colored by. He does have a you know, kid as his companion. Am I right? There's a kid in the book, yeah. Um, but he has other companions too, and there. I mean, 
it's seven books, not one two hour movie. And well, so yeah, I, I, I mean, no, I was just gonna say, and like the Matthew McConaughey character, like I haven't even met yet in book four. Oh, so it's like he doesn't even exist, or like either I haven't met him yet, or he died in book one. <laughs> Because uh, there's a there's a man in black in book one, but he's like an old man, and um, all that happens in book one is Roland follows him through a desert, and then they get to the Ugh. end of the desert, and the old man dies, and that's the book. Ugh, Spoilers. Geez. Seriously, we talked about this in length on other episodes, but I'm not the biggest fan of Stephen King. Gonna say well, it again. I mean, look, but you liked it, though, right? No, you didn't. You were kind of eh. I did like it. I like it was, but I think it was um, 40 hours too long. I mean, that's one way. Of, I mean, that's a good way to describe just about every Stephen King book. It's either five pages long or it's seven million it was good. pages long. There was long. great character development, but he did, like, there was some stuff that you could have cut out full chat, like, full chapters oh, yeah. and still had, like, the same coherent thought that he was having, but he, he just went on way too long about pretty much everything and then yeah. that weird um orgy in the tunnel is what gets me every time it's like nope i can't yeah, i literally when i listen to the I'm book on tape i just i heard that. it coming and i just skipped until they were out of the tunnel like i'm not listening to this <laughs> i'm not listening to this at all um yeah no i mean i think that's fair and the dark tower has absolutely similar problems to i mean obviously it's just seven really long books instead of one really long book but I, some of it, I don't know. Okay, so I'm a little bit double standarding here because my main complaint about Martin is he needed an editor to tell him, hey, you don't need to have all this crap. What I will say is that oftentimes it feels like the crap in a Stephen King's novel that seems extraneous at least does advance the story and is very rarely left dangling. It's usually there to humanize or flesh out why a villainous character is villainous and it, it kind of humanizes his whole world whereas martin just feels like he crams in extraneous details because he likes to have extraneous details it's a little bit unfair you could make the same arguments about stephen king that you do about martin but <sighs> either yeah. way the same problems do apply to the dark Tower. and we're talking about funny. michael martin right george I, I'm, I'm, making, martin? I'm making a joke i'm, I'm making a oh. joke like clearly, I know. Martin, I know exactly who you were talking about. Oh, just, oh, because I was just using his last. Yeah, name you were. You time. didn't say George R. R. Martin, which is who I assume you're talking about. I just call him Rar Martin. <laughs> George R. R. Martin. Yeah, no, I, I, assume I assume you were talking about Game of Thrones, and so, but like yeah, you just used the last name, so it was a little like, um, which Martin? There's more than one Martin writer. Is there? I mean, but, is there really? I mean, but long, extraneous book and Martin, obviously, is going to be George or Martin, so. Yeah. But yeah, true. no. So, okay. So, you just been reading Dark Tower? Nothing else? Yeah, basically. Uh-huh. I would say that's the wor- one worth noting. Um. Okay. Well, the only thing really worth noting is I binge read Image, Image Comics Revival. And honestly, I think you would like it. Oh, Revival is... uh. That's Stephen King. Is it? Well, the comic's not. <laughs> uh... But it's basically the... the pre- so why I think you would like it, the premise is... um, So a bunch of people come back to life after like this incident called the Revival Day. And it's dealing with all of these people who are back to life in this town of Walsall, I think. Um, Wisconsin. Oh. So it kind of has a Fargo feel to it. Because it's also like detective... So the main one of the main plot lines is that the um, sheriff's deputy is trying to figure out who killed her sister, and the sheriff's deputy is his daughter and the sister. Yeah, so it's trying to find it, and it goes through like all these like little like small town characters and just all these interesting, pretty great plot lines. There's times when it kind of drags, times when they kind of you could tell towards the end that they were realizing oh yeah we're not going to be able to do this comic for much longer so they kind of tried to jam pack a lot of stuff in at the last few chapters oh yeah but overall it was really good i do think you would really like it because it has a like whole detective mystery but it's also like a really small town and just like the messed upness of a small town kind of going on and it's ba- it's 
horrors too because you know a bunch of dead people coming back to life and there's there's these <laughs> there's these ghosts in the woods that they have to deal with from time to time but um it's it's a really good um comic i'm gonna go back and reread a little bit because i kind of i binge read it so i went through pretty fast but there was some pretty cool the stuff front cover's it. pretty fun which one is that the one of like a girl and like a like a sweater with a sickle <laughs> yeah yeah, they, you should look at one of the late, later um, covers where it's that same girl, but there's like so much happens to her, and she, ugh. um, they like tried to do like this like flash forward scenes like what could have happened type thing towards the end, and the thing that made me laugh about it is like she tried to have like this cute moment with, like her and her daughter, but like in this flash forward scene, but she stitches a smile on her face. So it's like trying to be this like really Spoilers. like heartwarming, heartwarming seed, and she has like this the stitched on smile, and it's like oh that's a little weird, but yeah, revival's great. <laughs> Ooh, here she has an arm coming out of her face. Oh really? Hold on. But anyways, yeah, it's revival's great. I I do think you would actually um, like Jordan. It. There is a scene of her in inappropriate clothing. What kind of comic book are you telling? Are me you to talking read? about the one where she's wearing a bikini and sewing? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's funny how I knew exactly what you were talking about in five seconds. Probably because it's the only time it happened. <laughs> it's like literally the only time that character is like that, but you're... <sighs> you're, you're doing I okay. just have to be trollish. Did you actually buy all of these? Nah, Sorry, yes. of course you actually bought all these. Yeah, I bought all these, yeah. You should mail me them in the in the real mail. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send them to you in the mail. The real mail. Yep. The real the, actual the mail. The real actual mail where I actually bought them. Um, anywho. Glad we got this. So, yeah, that's my thing. I do. I really do recommend it. It's a good story. Um, a lot of stuff going on in that one. But, um, yeah, I think we can just get straight on with the show then. Unless you have Yeah, I mean, else. I'm ready. Oh. No, I'm good. Okay. So, are you, first, as usual, because I love doing this to you, do you remember what last week was? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if i'm being honest with you i won't until you say it oh gosh come on Cody. i i believe in you oh wait was it video game world yes yes it was yeah that's what it was yeah where <laughs> where you had the video game of cartesian where every um level was created by a different oh, person yeah, Yours yeah, was yeah, really yeah, creative, yeah and i had um pretty much from the point of view of a shopkeeper in a video game world so yes. this week is tragedy. Maybe I should just start having you just tell what this week's is, unless you also forget that. No, I mean I feel like mocking me is part of the fun of the show. I mean, yeah, it's the only time I ever have fun in life is mocking you. <laughs> and you wonder why I'm mean to you. I don't have happiness. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, I'm ready. Okay, you ready to roll initiative? Yep, I think I'm good to go first. What did you roll? We'll because see. I rolled awfully. I rolled a 16. I rolled a 5. <laughs> All right, here we go. My world doesn't have a title, but the first section is called Act 1 on stage. A beam of light falls on a hero. He holds a dead leaf in one hand and a small sword in the other. Um, You know, and then I have a sentence that just says, other than that, and then I didn't finish writing the sentence. (laughs) Wait, can you start this and say that (laughs) sentence just so I can hear the flow really quick? Sure, sure, sure. A beam of light falls on a hero. He holds a dead leaf in one hand and a small sword in the other. Other than that, he is wearing plain clothes, and uh, that's it. (laughs) Other than that, he's wearing plain clothes. That should have flowed a little bit smooth. Well, it didn't even say that, but that uh, that is what it's supposed to say. So anyways, here's act one on the stage. Doth not the mountains grow in the vile eve of creation? Doth not the dark forest grow in unrest? Oh my gosh. Even so, man must grow in misery lest we begin to believe ourselves gods. And on stage, and are now our stage is set. The mountains, the forest, the man. Oh wait, sorry. Nope, nope, nope. And now the stage is set. The mountains, the forest, the man. What? Dangers await, we know, but so too does victory. Victory's true taste be not sweet or sour, but hath both tastes at once. Okay, uh, okay. Wait, now, really, really quick, because your thing, you kind of confused me there. So, 
Is it an actual stage, or is that just a line from his? Um, so let me let me like yeah. let let me let me finish, and then it, it becomes okay because you really confused. So sorry, I I I I switched to normal voice there, and I shouldn't have. Okay, that I'll say that that line, and now our stage is set. He is supposed to be okay. That's spo- okay. That so line. he okay. I I I made a mistake. That that was a mistake. But anyways, backstage. We see frantic figures like goblins or ghouls. It's hard to say. They have no faces and no personalities. They're these blind, beastly creatures. Uh, these blind beasts create the world as our hero sets the scene. They are called the Technicals. Horrible and terrible creatures. Creatures that enable every hero to truly be hoisted on his own petard. These creatures are irony made manifest and turn every virtue into device. We see the swarm underneath the ground as fast as the hero speaks, painting sets, sculpting trees, building mountains, and and creating the stage in which the hero will act. So, here's our world. It is as big as a stage. There is one hero on it. As he like ta- talks and monologues beneath the stage, there are these vile creatures called technicals that build all of the scenery and basically place it up behind him. Um, and so these creatures basically are at his command in that he like when he talks the stuff that he says becomes real or becomes props um but they themselves aren't like you know it's it's like wishing for something okay. right it always kind of like screws you over in the end that's kind of the way these so things I, I have a question so are these just a bunch of teens wearing all black no, no. I mean, they're called the technicals, but they are faceless. They have no personalities, and they okay. Suck. So they're not like an actual stage crew. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's their this purpose, is a stage. but they're not like a bunch of teens wearing all black trying to like. No, no, no. This, this is this is a fantasy world that just happens to be the size of okay. Stage. As I was gonna say, it's like because it sounds like there's a bunch of teens down there like smoking cigarettes and throwing stuff up behind them. No, no, no. I kind of imagine them as being like eyeless, mouthless, and basically looking like they're wearing morph suits, but that's actually their skin. That's terrifying. Yeah, they're literally just like shapeless black puppets. Like they're Ooh, they're gross. That's gross. Like you like you know, like when you see like a tech like a stagehand on stage and they're always like trying not to look and like yeah. they, so they're always obscuring their face, they're always dressed all in black. Basically, that is what these things are. Okay, that's kind of terrifying. Okay, cool. And they just build the world as people say it, and then they kind of make so their own thing. Every single right. time that you come in saying that, oh yeah, my world's really weird and stuff, like you always have like a killer world that just like intrigues me from the very start, and then I go and do what I did, and it's just it's harshly put together, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not proud of what I did. I just wrote the world to be writing a world. <laughs> Okay, I think mine gets better as it goes. I think I think it peaks around. I mean, I think yours is great so far, section. and like mine ugh, pales in comparison. I didn't I didn't get the cadence of speech until the second act, but then it, it gets kind of like, well, we'll you'll see. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead, I'm, go I'm, ahead. I'm I'm excited as usual. <sighs> Man, this is this is great because I get to listen to a fun podcast, and then you get to listen to the ramblings of a sleep deprived man. No, that's fine. I'm playing Kerbal oh, Space Program. No, you should be listening to me. It's what you should be doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ki- okay. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're about to break that. our no swear rule. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> here's my first part. We live in a truly cursed land. Here you only have 30 years and then you're gone. Then again, the life expectancy of the kingdom of all is very low to begin with. Everything here is truly doomed. I can speak honestly because I have seen the future. I am a seer formerly of the Order of King Altar, now living in the third ring of all. So he's a seer. I originally lived with the Athlet around the Grand Castle of All in the sin- in the area considered the first ring. The first ring is filled with those who think of themselves as important. The dukes, the rich, the king's guard, and those who have special abilities all live here. In the other two rings of all are the working class and the poor. We lived in a kingdom that was formerly striving and full of life, but all hope and goodwill have abandoned this kingdom, and I am to be blamed. Before I was disgraced and exiled from the kingdom, I was part of the king's magical order. The king's magicians are those who can control powerful magics and are charged with using their abilities to protect the kingdom and promote prosperity to its people. 
I was the king's personal seer, as I was one who could clearly see into his future. He liked me because I always provided him with the golden outlook. I foresaw an eternal kingdom that would grow until the end of time. The king's riches were to triple in his lifetime, and his offspring would rule for centuries to come. But I made the mistake of telling the king of his death. Being merely human, the king was stricken with fear of his own death, and his future actions are what led to the downfall of this kingdom. After that fateful day, the skies became permanently overcast, and the light from our sun was all but blotted out. The days have gotten longer, and the nights are much colder, and much colder and more treacherous. Disease passed through our kingdom, shortening the lifespan of the people. Most healthy newborns only live till they are 30, and those who live past that struggle to survive. All the gold and brightly colored materials bled and turned into faded versions of their former selves. The riches and spoils that this country had were lost. The rich tried to flee the city, only to find that death awaited them in the outside world. The distress of this kingdom spreads to all. No one is safe. The poor have flooded the other districts, and those who are kind-hearted, though they may try, have not been able to help those less fortunate. The kingdom is dying, and the king sits on his throne in the high tower, having lost all of his humanity. Castle All now looms over the ring city as a force of evil. Instead of bringing hope to the people, the people of All fear it or even plot to tear the castle down. The castle is a black monolith that symbolizes the negative energy wrought by the king. And that is my first section. Uh, it reminds me of the Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just the feeling yeah. I get. His Mask of the Red Deathy. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I'm freaking <laughs> angry. I'm ready to start a fight. But yeah, no, I, I can see that. Okay, okay. I wasn't trying to be. I wasn't trying to start a fight. Oh yeah, no, I'm ready to act two. The quest. Hmm? Sorry. What? Act two. The quest. We see the stage, no longer just in a spotlight. Now the whole, like, stage lights have come up. Now come to me, my steed, for me and he travelers be. Day in and night out we ride sets and fight scenes. No need to recline for my steed and me. He and me travel for eternity. Uh-huh. Now follow and see what our adventure may be. Come he. Did you have to rhyme everything? Did you have to actually go the extra distance and rhyme everything? It gets so much <laughs> oh, worse. No. Oh no. Oh no. A freakish horse puppet rises from the floor. It is clearly not alive. (laughs) It has dead eyes and floppy mechanical joints. Inside, you can just see a ghastly clothed, pitch-blacked figure, the technical, moving its clumsy joints. The hero and the steed named he both began a comic pantomime of (laughs) rhyming. So they're just standing middle stage, you know, basically doing like the Monty Python with the coconuts. (laughs) (laughs) as they do as they do this the scenery begins to slide in the opposite direction giving the illusion of forward movement everything looks 3d in the center but once it reaches the edges you can see that it's flat the light in the world fades to green and the trees go more sparse and ill-defined eventually a wall slides in with a door good on ye he ye have carried me and he to the dwelling of the soothsayer flee now flee he for a battle there might be i have nothing to, i, was I very have proud nothing to say sentence. to you right now <laughs> the, the hero walks up to the door and steps through as he does the wall flips and now depicts the interior of the hut so you kind of get that like as he's walking through the door the whole wall spins to show the other side. Yeah, like a regular play was. Flee th- Surprise. <clears throat> flee the soothsayer be, giveth me a riddle, and I may flee from ye. Look and see, a hero ye may be. A hero ye may not yet be, for what must all heroes share? It has a taste, both sweet and sour. Do ye know what the answer be? Say no, vile flea, the answer to what is both sour and sweet I know indeed. But say it not to me, flea, for I have con- Okay, so- Conquered much, ye. So you didn't rhyme as much as you made every sentence end with the E sound. <laughs> it's not yeah, even like yeah, actual really rhyme. Like you had every, like- instead of like having it 
A A B B C C. You had A. <laughs> that was a whole line. Yeah, I just, I just, I just made it really annoying. There's a hey, reason hey, for hey, it hey, that hey, I'll explain hey, later. <laughs> Say no, vile flea. The answer to what is both sweet and sour, I know indeed. But say. But say it not f- for me, flea, for I have conquered much ye, for I have conquered much ye see, and my life has yet to leave me be. Sorry, I need to scroll down to more of this stuff. Oh my god, dude. True, you say every hero you know, <clears throat> every hero knows it must be so someday. Virtue turned vice and sweets turned sour must be, so hero my message for thee. A bear there be, a bear with a visage and motive matched by the swamp from with, from where it doth begin. I say to ye, hero, vanquish the bear and save the town near to where the bear may be. But think to yourself, what might be your virtue that maketh thee ride, that maketh thee ride, and how might this bog bear turn its taste more sour than sweet for thee? Well, flee! I thank thee, and now must flee from flee. He walks through the door, and again the stage flips. Now come, and we must flee to the bog town where a bear might be. Okay, so, um, first of all, I hate you. Second of all, can you explain what the heck just happened? I know he's going to the town where a bear might so, be to slay thee, because yeah. he is a hero E, and S- screw you, <laughs> E. So he he wrote oh, sorry, up he talked to, to a guy named Flea, who sounds who, like the dude from the first Star Wars movie, not Sabalba. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's a he's a soothsayer named Flea, from which he must flee. Um, and he's basically telling him like, be careful because in a tragedy, oftentimes your virtue becomes your vice. So keep an eye on that, because if you if you like give in to your vice, then you'll end up like the whole like sweet turn sour thing. It'll little like be what kills uh. you basically. So, you know, don't, don't get killed by your vice. Um, it's all in, it's, it's all spoken yeah. in metaphors because it's I, a tragedy. So <clears throat> there's a bear whose um, visage and motive match uh, the swamp where it's from. So it's a, it's a vile bear that's like cursing this mm-hmm. town. Um, so his quest is to go and kill yeah. the bear and save the town, but he has to be careful not to give in to his okay. vice. So it's pretty much just finding his hero's quest and then being warned not to get screwed up. That's literally all you yeah. have to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but this is more uh, fun. So he has a horse named He, where he rode to thee, whose name was Flea, and has to flee the place <laughs> to go and fight... A bear, e. A bear might be <laughs> a bear, e. And oh my lord! So, so he talks to this guy who sounds like Sabalba from the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> yes. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just had fun writing in like the clowny, like dramatic, like you yeah. know what I mean, where everything has to be written like it's a friggin' poem so i just decided to go full hand like i said i did enjoy at first i thought it was just right but no you're just a a a a a a a a a a the whole way down which is very funny to me because i i enjoy poems that just pick one phrase and just rhyme it the whole entire time also it was a little bit mocking this this was the funny part where i decided to make everyone like end with yeah i I enjoy it it's very fun it's very fun my world that's like yeah my world's pretty funny i'm like my has no like humor in it whatsoever mine's less funny than i thought it was gonna be at the end well yeah it's a tragedy tragedy, but it it does have some humor (laughs) okay um cool we are about to do my second section The curse spread through our land, taking no prisoners. We thought there was hope at first, that maybe it was just the visible world that was affected. There were still crops to harvest and animals to breed for food. At first it was believed that despite the curse, our land still had a chance to survive, but the health of the crops provided a false hope to the people of all. The animals still go strong and fatter than before, but the meat that they produce, even though it looks of the highest quality, leaves a taste of ash when consumed. Though even with this, the people eat, but the food that is harvested does not satisfy no matter how much is eaten. You can stuff your face until you choke, but will still feel the emptiness of hunger. After harvest, the food degrades quickly, molding and becoming inedible. 
The woolen materials taken for clothing degrade faster with each passing day. Those who are well-versed in magic are unable to stop the food and other materials from quickly degrading, so the cycle of each harvest must be sped up in order to feed everyone in the kingdom. There are those desperate souls who eat the molded scraps and the rotting food, not having any way to sustain themselves. themselves. There we go. The situation is dire with no hope in sight. Because of this, scavenging has become more common amongst the people of all. There are those bandits who think if they can get to the food first, then things will be better. Those who tend the farms have armed themselves and patrol nightly to protect their crops and their animals. But still, those who seek their own salvation come for the goods they believe will change things for the better. Despite being shown such a negative world, people still hold out on their, own, on their hope. They believe that things could get better, that if they spread prosperity, then prosperity will come back to them. But that is not the case. I have seen the future. There is no way to restore the land. There is no way to slay the king. And there is no way to take things back to normal. And that is my second part. Well, you're seeing the future. Why do we both have future Because seniors? Because like a that thing. is kind of that it's is super kind tragic. of a thing that happens in tragedies is the future seer, the prophecy. Yep soothsayers are, are just the worst they're like you're gonna die and the person's like well, nay you'll see my next part but i did like base some of this on Macbeth. as i said in the first part the king like realized he was going to die and thus like tried everything he could to stop that from happening and then curse so funny story Macbeth, probably the only shakespeare thing i don't actually oh. know the story of okay I've never, I've never like read it it's or listened to because it. Because it's just so or, melancholy and messed up. It's one of my favorites. But basically, King he finds out that like he will, um, basically you know strive and prosper, but he has to watch out for these bad prophecies. So he does all these things so that he can become the king that he wants to be, which is basically killing a child and all this other terrible stuff. Becomes king and then hears of his own downfall. But the um, prophecy is so like, um ridiculous like they're like oh well when the forest comes up to the kingdom and when this and this happen it's like your king your kingship will end and then those things come true because they were very vague prophecies and yeah it's 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 really good and weird in shakespeare but shakespeare is also weird and yeah anywho (laughs) i'm showing how smart i am literary literary by doing this episode in other words i sound like a freaking idiot (laughs) Nah, you're fine. I mean, look, at least you didn't make a poem where every word <laughs> B is B. and he and we see that Our- D is rhyming he a lot. There we go. It's <laughs> harder to do than you think. Well, it's hard it? to just it's come up with it on the spot, but if I had a day to work with it, I could do it. We're going to have to do okay. Dr. Seuss right. World and have you know, a whole the- world that has to rhyme. That- <laughs> well, go ahead and write me That's an epic going poem. on the list is right. Dr. Seuss World where everything rhymes. Oh gosh! That'll no, be crit- I, will, I'll, I won't do that world. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, twelve people stand in a row, speaking in unison. They are dressed like medieval pe- peasants. The hero and he did arrive, and Bogtown shed the muck of years. Years. You should have done this in iambic pentameter, because yeah. that would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go ahead and write an iambic pentameter for, you know, I, Dude, I wrote this in an hour, that Jordan, would be, okay? This was see, an hour of work. If you spent, work. like, a whole week on it, that would have been amazing for you to do it full iambic pentameter. Oh, my gosh. No. Screw iambic pentameter. I, I had to write like that. I, that. I had to this. write, like, I forget how many, like, a page or two in iambic pentameter, and it was awful. Yep, sure was. Years of trials and pain, and above all, years of the bear. For the bear was the king of the bog, and our hero had more more um, than more work than the soothsayer led him to believe. Now let us watch our hero and our town and learn. So what, what you're made. saying, since there's ten people, I so should duplicate like, your voice ten times so that it sounds like a chorus. Twelve people. There's twelve. Okay, I'll duplicate your there's voice 12. twelve times. Yeah, but this is supposed to be like. Yep. A Greek chorus that's like that. watching him I, I do things. Um, okay. Uh, the first of the 12 steps down and speaks to the hero as he rides from stage right to stage left. Hero, hero. Mm, wait. 
Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't. That shouldn't have had two heroes. I don't know how that doubled. Freak, it doubled every time, too. Shoot, because I copied this line a lot. Hero, glad I may be to see ye and he. Might ye astride he have a moment to assist one as lowly as me? I and I again, good citizen. How might I assist ye? Well, a foul rat hath taken my only cheese. Without it, I might starve, for ye, for you see, poor are we. A rat, you say? Well, mm, a rat, you say? Well, take, oh. Cody! Hang on. Pull hang yourself on. together. Oh, okay, sorry. I should have had punctuation, but I wrote this in an hour. <laughs> My bad. A rat, you say? Well, take me away, and that rat shall rule the day he took thy cheese away. Notice that time I did not rhyme B. Thank you. For well, if you pointed that, it kind of loses and its all effect. The, anyways, thank you. And he, and all that you do for we. The hero goes uh, backstage right. The scene changes to the hero fighting a rat. He wins the cheese and is injured by the rat, but only a little. And in the next scene, we see the 12 patching his wounds. And again, this is another, like, giant puppet rat. Um... But it's fair to note that in this fight, he's at, he actually does get hurt. So, like, the actor himself, the hero, gets, okay. like, scratched. And then they have to bandage him up. Um. Anyways, trial two. The second of the twelve steps down and speaks to the hero as he rides from stage right to stage left. Hero, glad I may be to see ye and he. Might ye astride he have a moment to assist one as lowly as me? I and I, good citizen, what might ye need? Well... In the darkest part of the night, a foul specter did appear. The specter that appeared did did and took my firstborn son and said, Each night I might take what ye love most till nothing more to love there be. A specter, you say, then a specter I shall slay. Fear not, for my leaf and my sword have never lost when fought. Thank ye and he for all that you do for we. The hero goes back, stage right. The scene changed. The scene changes to the hero and a puppet covered with sheets and with spectral blue eyes. He fights and wins, but again, has to be patched up by the 12. So the specter is just like a puppet ghost that he has to ride backstage right to fight another time. Um, and then just kind of like montage him doing these things until trial seven. The seventh of the 12 steps down and speaks to the hero as he rides from stage right to stage left. The hero and he are now clearly limping. They have both been wounded several times and seem impatient. Hero, glad I may be to see ye and he. Might ye astride he have a moment to assist one as lowly as me? There's a pause. Our hero does not respond. He seems haggard. Yes, citizen, speak quick, for there is a bear that I must kill. Well, the night before, there was a lizard and it, it bit my daughter... Um, dying she be without the assistance of ye and he. So you need a cure that is likely to be guarded by a foul beast. I shall fetch for thee, but disturb me not, for a bear in need of slaying there be. Thank ye, and he, and all that you do for we. The hero goes backstage right. The scene changes to the hero holding a violet flower and fending off several small puppet lizards. He is victorious, but seems to be struggling more and more. Again, montage to the last person in the line. The twelfth of the the twelfth of the twelve steps down and speaks to the hero as he staggers from the right um, from stage right, pulling the lead of he. The hero has one arm in a sling and is wearing an eye patch. His sword is drawn and notched and bloody. Hero, glad I may be to see ye and he. Might ye stride he have a moment to assist one that as lowly as the me? Worst thing I've heard all day. What is actually killing me? That line that what? you've repeated four times now is killing me. Jordan, it's yeah, supposed to be it annoying. Is. It's supposed to drive Unlistenable this how episode much of a is. nuisance Unlistenable. <laughs> what might it be? If not a bear, then speak not to me. The bear is the king, and the bear is my quest. Not to assist all ye with your petty quests. Rat, lizard, ghost schools, goblins, gators, and a hateful <laughs> satyr. What more can you ask is a of a hero and he we go to kill a bear with what left we have now stand ye oh wait now stand off lest ye seek to help a bear corpse make nay hero listen in here the corpse of a bear might be the quest ye seek but sour shall the taste 
but sour shall it taste if cody sour pull yourself together taste if not start that light over start that light over if you're not, starting get, that over fair fair nay hero listen in here the corpse of a bear might be the quest ye seek but sour it shall taste if not gained by righteous ends righteous ends ye say and righteous ends i be the bear is my quest and death it shall be the hero limps away as the light fades on uh as the light fades the 12 stand in a row again how light a soul must be how mm, how light a soul must be to not be judged by the 12 our hero helped but never with his whole heart his determination has merit but only when used to help those in need elsa hero fades tarnished to the color of vengeful wrath without a true goal determination kills the hero and sours a once noble man now we watch and weep as our hero finds the goal of his quest rarely be worth the road, but the road is often worth more than the goal ever could. That's not your whole world, is it? That's the end of my section. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, well, I mean, kind of. The light fades to black. Beneath the stage, we see the nightmare technicals working on one last puppet, a weasel with red matted fur and red light glowing from its you, eyes. You just, okay, okay. That's I, the end of that It section. sounded like you were done with the world. I'm like, dude, we still have two sections. Well, I still have two sections. Okay. Yeah, I have I one will, section okay. left, which is right. Interesting story that you are telling so far, except for that one line was really killing me. It was supposed to be annoying. I get that. And you succeeded. Look how mad I am right now. <laughs> like, I, I am, like, visibly frayed. And I'm just, I'm done with he and I mean, are you glad I didn't do all 12 weaselly. of the stories? I'm re- I am really glad. Because when you said 12, and you, started to, <laughs> and you started with the first two, I'm like, oh, my God. Is he actually going to go through all 12 of these stories? I'm like, it was supposed to feel long because that was like the point. Yeah, this just was like again monotony, keeping this very determined man from killing his bear. Again, succeeded. And you can't spell succeeded with you suck. <laughs> okay, you mean you can't spell succeeded without you suck? I think that's what you meant, but that's fine. <sighs> I believe this is my fault, or at the very spell, least, you can't- that I got the ball rolling. I told the king of the great prosperity that would follow him and that his sons and his son's sons would create a kingdom that would never fail their rule would change the world and even the other plane of living where the gods that we worship rule from but i made a mistake of telling him of his death this drove the king mad knowing that his sons would reach the level of god but he would never see these things come to fruition chipped away at his mentality instead of accept these facts he sought a way to live forever he brought his top magicians together in order to find a cure for death. Death is is the... Oh, my Lord. Now I feel like you messing up everything. That's hurtful. Death is the inevitable end. There is nothing... Sorry. <laughs> Again. Death is the inevitable end. There is no avoiding it. No magic that can stop it. No amount of work that can change that fact. King Altar knew this. His magicians knew this. And I knew this. There was no way to avoid death. But they also knew of the gods that we worship. The gods live in our world just on a separate plane. They gave us the start that we needed. They protected us from the outside forces and gave us the power of magic. Without them, there would be no kingdom of all. Religions come and go, but the king considered himself a holy man, one who followed the gods every word. But when it came to his own death, he threw all of that out. You see, the gods are immortal, and they have immense power. The king's league of magicians thought that the only way to defeat death was to gain the power of the gods. He threw out all aspirations to gain this power, and insisted that his men do anything to obtain the power of the gods so that he could live forever. I disagreed with this method. I told him if we were to take on the gods, there would be hell to pay. But Altar was only thinking of himself. The magicians created powerful black magics in order to bridge the plane into the world of the gods. This altered their bodies and their minds, driving them mad. They took people in to be sacrifices for them in order to access advanced magical power. This is the moment when I knew things had gone too far. I had attempted to stop King Altar and his goals, but he exiled me from the kingdom, disgracing my name forever. The magicians fulfilled their duty. They captured the god Altus and through ritual, they transferred his life energy into the king, killing Altus. 
The magicians' lives were sacrificed in doing this, but the king achieved immortality and unlimited magical power. But that's not the end of things. By killing Altus, King Altar gained the hate of Altus's father, the elder god Seraphis. Mourning his son, Seraphis sought revenge. He destroyed the king's family, killing his four sons and his wife. Seraphis could not outright kill King Altar due to his newfound magical power, so he vowed to curse the land of all for the rest of eternity. The land was to wither and die, riches were to spoil, and the people were to suffer. Seraphis wanted the king to listen to his own people cry out for relief day and night. But none of this affected Altar. He achieved his goal, he would live forever with unlimited power. The rest of the world fears the land of all because of the king's godlike powers. His name is feared not only amongst the people, but also the gods. He has locked himself in the highest tower of the now tattered castle all, watching over us as if we were ants. He could possibly save his own people, but he has lost his humanity. King Altar simply doesn't care. All has moved on without him, believing that they have been left behind. Some believe this isn't the end, but seeing into the future, I know there isn't much hope. And that is my third part. Also, like saying those names in a row, Altar Atlas or Altar Altlas and Seraphis is really hard to do, like, and keep with steady flow. Yeah, well, just try saying B every B other word. B and B and B. <laughs> See, that's that's why I write it all in this clumsy poem. Okay, our hero enters from stage right, going to the left. Back astride he. It is quiet and the lights are low. One bright light shines on the hero. Listen he, and a thesis shall be. When a quest be true, the sight of the sight of the goal one must never lose. For that is my strength, vision and purpose through the whole length. See these wounds unjustly won? The price I pay when I lose my noble goal. So now he, look and see that the end of our quest shall surely be. Flea did say, mind my virtue, lest it turn sour. If I had stayed in that village, death would have made me hollow. But now I confess, that poor peasant's face haunts my chest. Help he need, and help I could serve, but delays in my quest I could no longer... Stood? I could have no longer withstood. <laughs> hey, Cody? Yet... I'm just going to suggest something to what? you. How about you read through your what? notes before we do episodes? Hey, Jordan, shut up. <laughs> How about you put like an Yet hour and a listened. half of work in and write it in an hour and then read it for half an hour. Yet he, listen, for the thesis this be, a hero doth not quest to save others from woe, a hero quests to vanquish his foes. Now quiet, our foe doth present itself. The lights come up and on the left side of the stage is a massive puppet of a bear. The lights turn a pale sickly green. The bear lets out a weak moan. One of its arms is maimed, it's missing an eye, and seems barely able to stand. Our hero dismounts and approaches the beast. He look and see how weak our foe must be, wounded and worn, no challenge this shall be. Um, I say he dances around the bear, and I mean he is in the hero. That's confusing. <laughs> our hero dances around the bear. Easily That's what dodgy. happens when you name your horse Easily. <laughs> Yeah, as a joke, I kind of just wanted to be like, who's on first? Um, so our hero dismounts um, and dances around the bear, easily dodging, lazy, pained swings. Beast, listen and hear, with my sword and my leaf, ye shall know defeat. The duel is quick. With one thrust, the hero slays the puppet with his sword. As it collapses, the bear's claws rake out towards our hero. But he is quick. Uh, our hero leaps back and leaves his sword in the bear. The lights dim to a spotlight again and focus on our hero. Uh, our hero steps forward and holds his leaf aloft. A hero I shall ever be. Never a challenge can get my best. For a hero and he shall always be. Right he? He? The spotlight widens to show the puppet of his horse ripped apart. Oh Red paint splashed all over the stage. He! What could have made this be? The lights switch to red, and a, masses, a massive weasel puppet uh, enters stage right, red paint matting its fur. The puppet leaps forward, more fluid than the previous mechanical stage props have been. The hero screams and tries to wrench his sword from the heavy bear puppet, but real blood pours from him as the weasel rips him apart and leaves him dying on the stage. 
blood seeps into the floor, and the swamp has a new king. Oh, I see what you mean. That was freaking hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like... Uh, my idea of this world is literally that there are all there just like is a spinning cycle of heroes that are on a stage that just kill themselves. Um not like literally, but they all like go on these epic quests that they narrate in like highfalutin yeah. art. And the thing the reason I did that really simple B rhyming is you can see the parts where he's going when he's losing his course, he stops rhyming yeah. like that. So when he starts talking about how um, what a hero's quest is, he's not rhyming B sounds anymore. When he's talking about like forgetting the face of the peasant, he's not rhyming B sounds anymore. The same way, too, that when he starts to act rudely to the peasants, they stop rhyming mm-hmm. B sounds. So that was kind of the way to show like when he rhymes B sounds, um, that's supposed to kind of be emblematic of like this lighthearted, silly quest yeah. that these things usually seem like they would be, where... A knight and his horse named he get a prophecy from Flea and go and fight where the bear might be. Like, that's super goofy until he does it wrong and then stops rhyming like that. And it becomes just a grisly story about a guy that gets killed by a weasel. (laughs) A guy who gets killed by a giant weasel. Yeah, so that, that was why the B rhyming was so obvious. Because I wanted to make it like a clear delineation. Yeah. He was like... Switching back and forth between like the two kind of. I like, did notice that, but I didn't know if that was a, like you were failing to find things to rhyme with, or if you actually had a motif you were going for. So I'm glad to hear there, that there was it was a actually it. like a yeah. motif, like actually something that like you thought about. When he was being a hero, it was supposed to read like a yeah. Dr. Seuss book, and then when he wasn't, it was supposed to read more like just tragedy, um, because that kind of showed him like dropping so, out of that. Um, you said you didn't want to do another write a story in one of your worlds episodes in a row. You just wrote a story and a world like at the same time. Good job, Cody. Yeah, I like didn't know how to do this without doing it because my original plan was the world is the size of a stage and on it there are people doing tragic I mean, things. You did build your so world in like, like I started, 30 seconds and then sold a story. I just like the idea of there being like a person stuck in like this horrible purgatory of like narrating their own ironic death as these like just completely indifferent monsters make the creatures that are going to kill that guy at the end you know what i mean see the thing is you i hate you because you do these worlds so well by the way i hate you because well i did read that like i read like okay so you didn't read it well but the the way that you did it like something that like it could be like a one act or like you know a, a play that like you could perform um this had four okay acts. well then you could draw you could draw it out to be multiple i would say a total of three <laughs> but you could draw it out to be multiple acts but like you yours actually read and felt like a play kind of like your radio drama i really like your idea for your radio drama episode like you do a very good job of creating a unique world for this one i kind of failed at that i just followed tragedy tropes in this as you can see it's like the king is like he lost his humanity when he found out he was going to die and therefore his trying to save himself led to the the downfall of his own people but he was okay with that because he already got it like he already got the prosperity that he was promised this whole ungodlike power thing so like i followed the tropes and it it is what it is but anyways here is my last section. Oh, yeah, just I pile on tragedy after tragedy. So, like, my influences for this were Dark Souls and um, Macbeth. So you've probably got the, a little bit of the Macbeth and uh, some of the Dark Souls in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> anywho, the king has forsaken his own people for power, but yet we live on. Some people live just to spite the king. Others live to hope, uh, to help their fellow man. There are many of those who try to unite and help the poor, the weak, and the sick, but we are all in the same boat, cursed to die by the god Seraphis. When the curse first started, the people of all went into fighting each other. The rich sided with the rich, and the poor sided with the poor. There were many clashes amongst the people, but when they saw things were only getting worse, they decided to settle differences. 
Things aren't happy-go-lucky and fully united, but most people no longer fight over this fallen world. There are bandits and rogues, but those forsaken scum fly their own banner, not truly being defined as citizens of all. Despite Seraphis's revenge, the land is still filled with magical energy, so of course people practice magic with the hopes of relieving the people or reversing the curse. Magic is hard to learn, and not everyone is capable of mastering even basic spells. But those who can access the deeper magic are also cursed with the sight. The sight opens the user's eyes to see both planes of existence. This doesn't sound so bad, except now the users are capable of seeing how much life is left in a person. This is displayed like a clock constantly ticking down over one's head. This has driven some into madness, though some people have accepted this curse as necessary means to gain the magical power needed to change the world. This was one of the hidden curses given by Seraphis. There is also an underground revolution that hopes to gain access to Castle All and kill Altar in the hopes of reversing the curse of Seraphis. Oh my lord, that sentence. <laughs> just, I, I didn't realize that it was just like a very like, eh, da, 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 sentence. Anyways, many people have dedicated their short lives to training in order to storm the castle. This isn't such an easy task since Altar predicted his people's anger. Altar used his magical powers to raise an army of iron soldiers. They stand silently around the base of Castle Ol, preventing anyone from entering the grounds. They don't attack unless provoked, but they are formidable foes, following many people who try to attack the king. Though the conditions are rough, the people of all fight day in, day out against all odds in order to create a bright future for all. Whether that is defeating the king or using magic to protect the others, the citizens of all will do whatever it takes. No one wants to believe that it is completely hopeless. I want to believe, but I have seen the future. Altar rules for eternity, like previously predicted, but instead of striving, his, his people eventually die off until there is nothing left. Some believe there is a way to change all of this, so still they push on to a new tomorrow. And that is the end. I think the only solution is just to murder people that tell the future. Yeah, see, you're screwed. And I mean, also, there's the people who, like, straight up, like, oh, hey, I have this magical healing power. Oh, no matter how hard I try, this person's still going to die in exactly three years in two minutes. <laughs> so it's, I just... Yeah, but they're not going to have a cold the whole time. So, so like, I did nice. it as the tragic character was the king, and to appoint the seer, and then the tragedy that was wrought was the things that happened to the people. I mean, that makes sense at being the seer, because that's, like that's like the Greek thing, you know? There's a guy that can predict the future that always, everyone always yeah. ignores, and he's cursed. And that's he's, like, like straight up tells, like, oh, crap, you probably shouldn't be doing this, and then, you know, bad things happen. Yeah, yep, guy does it anyways. Yep. Everything gets ruined, and yeah, there we are. That is the kingdom of all. I liked I, your world. Honestly, I liked it. I will say this: I no, you go. You sorry, go. no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I also kind of wanted to steal from Dark Souls a little bit with yeah. the bear at the end, um, because there's enemies in Dark Souls that like the director talked about. You're supposed to kind of feel bad while you're fighting um, them, like the dog, like the wolf. The, uh, what's it like the? Well, the, the dog, well, also the corpse dragon, you know, the dragon that's just, like, dead on the side of a mountain. And then you just, like, show like, up and stab what it is in the it? back and it Sif? dies. And I it's think like, it's the dog. What did it ever do to you? Um, Sif is the scale. Seath no. is the scaleless. Seath is the scaleless. The dog's name is, yeah, I guess it is Sif, isn't it? Um, yeah, Sif, the great, great, uh, the great gray wolf. Yeah, yeah, that oh yeah. my god, that fight is that is one where like you do feel bad master. taking on Sif. Like yeah, He's right? just like mourning his master. Great. Let's kill him. Like Yep. But yeah, no, he the bear. I, I I guess I didn't really see that until you pointed out, but the bear is like, yeah, he's dying, he's barely up, and then the hero comes and just slays him. And it's like, oh, yay, we're supposed to feel Well, and that was also supposed to be a setup for the weasel. It was supposed to be taking the wind out of the stales of like the great the, quest. Yeah, uh, it was like winning, this quest you know will turn sour because yeah. this whole time is like, oh yeah, yeah. I I get I get you, I get you. But I mean, they also get the part where it's just like, oh yeah, I get there, I kill this wolf, and that's about it. And by wolf, I mean bear. 
not wolf. Because now I'm thinking of now I'm thinking <laughs> of Sif. Oh, jeez, oh, that that Sif. Sif fight is so depressing. Well, it is especially if you like really wreck him. He like doesn't even stand a chance. I thought like, your strategy dead, was just dead, dead holding puppy. the shield and stabbing a bunch. Yeah, that is my shield. And he's like, I'm gonna stab you with it. like. No, poor, you're not Sif. Sif. You're just gonna die. I mean. <laughs> Okay, we can talk about this like, after the show, because I was going to say my strategy for video games is just, but we don't have to talk about it right now. Um, it's step to the left, poke yeah, in the okay, butt. Okay, anyways, you, you won initiative, so you get to roll, Cody. Oh, shoot. I always forget that I have to pull that up. You know, you can just roll, and I'll tell you what you rolled, right? I don't want you to do that. I want to just tell you what the world is. Popping back over to roll do 20. Do you not have dice either? Not out, oh, because yeah, yeah, we yeah. cleaned. Oh, what do you roll? Like that. It's apocalypsing right now. <laughs> Once again, another stupid one that you wrote. So it's like during the apocalypse. <laughs> and I basically just read a great freaking comic about like an apocalypsing. And now I'm going to be skewed by what I just read. And so I'm going to have to try to think outside the box. See, it's... Sometimes the problem is Jordan. I just wanted to write the sentence. It's apocalypse. Volcanoes for days. That to me is a funny Much sentence. Volcanoes for days. Like I just imagine some like guy in a suit yelling at the president. Like it is apocalypsing right now. You know, like that's well, that's how I imagine. The, this okay, movie. so the thing is, is we've especially I have written multiple worlds where it's basically the apocalypse. I would say this. Like, okay, are we talking? Like, what is your idea of apocalypse what does that mean okay, like the so big blue I'm, guy from um x-men i mean if he his name the is apocalypse, apocalypse. it would be the fight the complete final destruction of the world especially as described in a biblical book okay i was about to say revelation, so revelations an event involving <laughs> destruction an event involving destruction or damage on an awesome or catastrophic scale um, so, but you say it's apocalypsing right now. So it is during. It's not post-apocalyptic. It is during the apocalypse. Yeah, this is the world. Okay, because yeah, I've written post-apocalypse. We've our first episode was post-apocalyptic world, which we should totally redo. But anywho, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So okay. So during the apocalypse, interesting. So that means we can make our own apocalypse. Or have, you know, a seven, uh, sorry, does, yeah. a ten-headed dragon. A seven-headed dragon with two horns and a crown on each horn. Yeah, something like that. I, I have not oh, ever you've never read, read okay. the Book of Revelation. And then the woman that comes down from the sky who's, okay, anyways. we sh- I should just read Revelation. That's what the episode's going to be, just me reading for the Book of Revelations for each part. <laughs> Completely unoriginal, just like I like find like the good the good juicy sections and just read revelations. Um I mean there's a Johnny Cash Which one song is that? kinda like that. So I could I could just read that. Oh, oh the man I think comes it's around. When the man comes. Yeah. I actually really yeah. like that song. I'm not the biggest Johnny Cash fan, but I like that song a lot. He what? sing talks, dude. Why aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, but when the man so? comes around, it's an excellent song. It will be the outro for next week. But have you heard that song "Hurt"? Not by oh, Johnny Nine Inch Cash? Nails "Hurt." <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, say, it's like Nine Inch Nails "Hurt." His version's okay, fine. "Hurt" and "Man Comes Around" they're great songs. But anyways, end of the episode. Have you heard the song "Break My Rusty"? No, Cage I don't think I have actually. Run. That's a grunge song. He also See, yeah covered. okay. So he's great at doing covers, is what you're telling me. When the man well, he, comes he around, wrote that one song. Uh, he wrote that. Going down, down, down. When the man comes around, I don't remember the lyrics. I should have looked them up before I started singing it. Jazz rap sucks, Jordan. There you go. All right, now we're fighting. Wait, what did you say? Yeah, you heard what I said. What no, I didn't. What did you say? Oh, I said jazz rap is garbage. There you go. Whoa! Yeah, you Cantaloupe throw it out? is a great song. What? Cantaloupe. What's a great song? Cantaloupe. Now, can't screw you and tell us about Wandering Gamer Network. The Wandering Gamer Network is a podcast where I play with my real friends. 
Okay, Wandering Gamer Network is a network of actual play podcasts where you can find World where we Cup all as love well. Johnny Cash. <laughs> I doubt that, but they um do a bunch of different um playthroughs. Their longest one is Voyage of Vagabonds, which screw you, Cody. Where they do, I think Voyage of Vagabonds is fifth edition, right? Yeah, it's fifth edition D and D. Okay, and then they also do Crystal Heart and a couple of other ones. You can find um some of their Star Wars ones there as well. Um, check it out; they're really fun podcasts. Anyways, you can find me at something I guess zero zero every now and then. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye, and I just want to apologize for both of us for the clumsiness of this outro. You didn't have, I, you know I was going to stitch it together really nicely, right? Never mind. Congratulations us the on the episode clean, cleanliness. <laughs> good, good. We, we, we should stop. It wasn't getting better.